0: Oh, why don't you just open up your mouth and bless the name of the Lord for just a second in the sanctuary. Come on, why don't you let out your voice and just bless the name of the Lord. We love you, Jesus. God has been good to me. Come on, has he been good to you? We worship you, Jesus. I will bless you today. Hallelujah. If you believe that, would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Amen. What an awesome presence of the Lord we already feel in this place today. Aren't you thankful for your church? Don't you love your church? I count it a high honor to be a part of this church. And uh, if you're uh, bored at church, you must not go to the same church I go to because it's exciting to live for Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in the world than living for Jesus Christ. Amen. What an awesome day it is in the presence of the Lord. Uh, I thank God for you. I don't get to tell you enough. I thank God for this church. I count it a high honor to be a part of this church. I thank God for my pastor and my bishop and my assistant pastor. Don't you thank God for the ministry that will help lead us and guide us? And I thank God for that today. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 28 and verse 1, Acts chapter 28 and verse 1, Uh, we had a beautiful wedding yesterday, Sister Megan, Jinx got married, and uh, I would like to say uh, how much we love the Jinx family and the Blish family. We are so thankful for them and everything that we do. We love you, and we are thankful for them. And I couldn't help but when we saw the bride walk down the aisle, I couldn't help but think for just a second how glad I am. To be a part of the bride of Christ and that Jesus is coming soon. Aren't you thankful for that today? Acts 28 and verse 1, if you're there, can you say, I got it? It says this And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain. And because of the cold. And when Paul, can you say Paul? He had gathered a bundle of sticks and he laid them on the fire. There came a viper, can you say a viper, out of the heat and it fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanging on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom... Though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. Verse 5 is our text. And he shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. I want to preach to you for a few minutes this morning with the help of the Holy Ghost on this simple subject. Shake it off. Shake it off. Can you put your Bibles down, and would you lift up your hands one more time? I'm asking a prayer word to use your voice right now. I know we like to clap our hands and I know that we like to, I know we have some substitutes, but I'm asking a prayer word, let out your voice right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would be with us today. Lord, we have already felt your spirit so strong in this place, God. We already know that you're here. We already know that you're powerful. We already know that you're omnipotent. You're everything that we need. I pray that you would be with us in this word today. I pray you'd bless it in Jesus' name. If you believe it, clap your hands as hard as you can and shout hallelujah. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. There was once a woman who had a pet snake that she loved very much. The snake was about seven feet long, and one day the woman began to feel concerned because she realized that her snake had just stopped eating his normal meals for no apparent reason. And Finally, after several weeks of trying everything she could to get the snake to eat, the woman took it to the vet. The woman explained the situation to the vet and and he asked her, has your snake been sleeping with you at night or snuggling really close to you and stretching himself out? And the woman looked at him and said, yes, absolutely. You got it. And he's been doing it every day. And it makes me so sad that I can't help him feel better. He's just not right. And The vet looked at her and said, ma'am, you need to get rid of that snake right now. Don't go one more night with that snake in your house. Your snake is not sick. In fact, he is preparing to eat you. He's been sizing you up every day. That's why he stretches up next to you. He's making sure that he is long enough to eat you, and he's not eating because he wants to make sure that he has room to digest you. It is my observation that when the church is in revival, the snake called the devil will try to sneak in during the night of your life to steal and to destroy The enemy would love nothing more than for our generation to sugarcoat sin and act as though there are no eternal consequences woven into the tapestry of our lives. But ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the devil is not your friend. He is not your buddy, nor is he welcome in this sanctuary this morning. And I'm telling you with the help of the anointing, That if if the snake is in your house, don't let it stay one more night. Don't let it stay one more night. He's sizing you up. He's
1: sizing up your kids. And he's getting ready. If you've got a snake in your house, get it out.
0: He's trying to see if he can take you. If there is sin in your life, don't let it stay in your house one more night. Sin is not your friend. Conviction is your friend. And if the snake has got a hold of your hand, shake it off. Luke 10 and 19 says, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions (laughs) and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means shall hurt you. Brother Wayne Huntley always says it like this. He says a serpent strikes with his head and a scorpion strikes with his tail. It's like the Bible is telling us heads or tails. (laughs) We still went. Luke 10 and 20 says, Now withstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I like that. How about you? Why don't you just clap your hands to the Lord for a second? Why don't you just thank the Lord if He's helped you out of something? 10 and 20, it says something that has ministered to me. It says that the spirits are subject unto you. The Lord taught me a powerful lesson a couple of years ago about spiritual warfare in my home. A week after I married my beautiful wife, we were fast asleep. And when suddenly I heard a knock on my door at 3 o'clock in the morning, Now, I'm not a fearful person. I'm not, but fear fell all over me that night like never before. The knock was so real. I stood up, and I walked to the door, and I looked out. That's how real the knock was to me. And I heard the Lord whisper to my spirit that night, teaching me a lesson that I shall never soon forget. The voice said to me, that is a spirit outside of your home. That wants in, but I won't let it in. The only way he can get into your home and your marriage is if you open the door. That's why the spirit knocks, because he can only enter with permission. Luke 10 told us that the spirits are subject to us and to rejoice because our names are written in heaven. The spirit of the enemy cannot force his way
1: into your home. He can only get in with your permission. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I plead the blood over your home. I plead the blood over your family. You need to stop letting things into your house.
0: You say, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You say, Brother Nathan, what are you talking about? I'm not letting spirits into my house. I'm telling you there are people under the sound of my voice. You let spirits through your TV screen every week. You let spirits in through your
1: headphones every week. You let spirits in through your negative conversation every week. But if there's a snake in your house, it doesn't have to stay there. It's subject to you. Get it out of your house.
0: That's why they have to knock. Because you have to let a man. Once upon land, the shipwrecked survivors were, we read of in Acts 28 discovered that they were on the relatively small island of Malta, a Phoenician word for refuge. And significantly during the terrifying storm, they were now only about 320 miles from Rome. God had not only spared Paul, but through the storm, he moved him closer to his destination. While on the island, the Bible tells us that Paul was fetching a pile of sticks to fuel the fire. And in Acts 28 and 3, it says, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks... And laid them on the fire, there came a viper, can you say a viper, out of the heat, and it fastened on his hand. Verse 5, and he shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. Now this uh, text fascinates me because so much happens in a very short amount of time. Paul shook off more than just a viper On that cold night. Does anybody else feel the Holy Ghost in here? (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. It's strong in here today. He shook off a lot more than a viper that night. In fact, Paul had to shake off at least three beasts that night. While standing by that fire. The first beast... Paul had to shake off in his life was called the beast of condemnation. Acts 28 and 4 says, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer. And and the strange thing about this statement made by the barbarians is that they were both right and wrong, all at the same time they would have been right to say that he was a murderer but they were wrong to say that he is a murderer you see paul's name used to be saul he was can you shout was he was a murderer he was a persecutor he was a sinner But what he was had nothing to do with the beast encounter, nor did it determine his identity. When the viper takes hold, he will always remind you of what you used to be. And he'll begin to remind you all the reasons that you shouldn't be here right now. The world is
1: right to say he was, but the enemy is a liar to say that he is. Because I refuse to let yesterday mistakes steal today's victory I'm so sick of seeing people backslide because of the spirit called condemnation Paul heard them call him a murderer and he thought in his mind that's not who I am anymore I gotta shake this thing off of my hand somebody clap your hands to the Lord if it wasn't for Jesus I don't know where I'd be.
0: Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now, can you say now? no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit There's the the devil's in here right now whispering to some of you reminding you of all the
1: things that was, he's reminding you of all the places you were all the things you did but the barbarians were wrong because it wasn't who he is they were talking about what he was what you used to be does not determine who you are right now?
0: I know you messed up, honey. But that's not your destiny. Shake it off. The second beast, Paul shook off, was called criticism. Acts 28 and 4 says, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffer him not to live. Every child of God, That is, doing something right will always have critics. Daniel was in the lion's den because he prayed, not because he sinned. Joseph was in the dungeon because he did the right thing, not because he did the wrong thing. The beast of criticism will speak to you saying things like this. Things weren't this hard before you were living for God. Now that you're living for Jesus, your life is falling apart. And here's the hard part. The critics don't always come from hell. Sometimes they come from the pews. Y'all need to preach with me for just a second. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. When the devil gets desperate, he brings in your friends. Brings in your fellow prayer warriors at the church. He brings in the one that prayed you through to the Holy Ghost. When he gets desperate, he'll do anything he can to get you offended. Offended at your church. Offended at your pastor offended at everyone who's trying to do you good because one person who did you wrong years ago, you're still offended. The barbarians were saying, he came this far, he survived a shipwreck just to die here. The voice of the critic will tell you that you've come this far just to die. Matthew 10 and 12, and I like this scripture a lot. How many love the word of God in the house today? Matthew 10 and 12 says, And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever... Shall not receive you, nor hear your words. When you depart out of that house or city, shake the dust off of your
1: feet. It's too close to the second coming of Jesus Christ to miss heaven over being offended. It's too close to the rapture to miss heaven because of your critics. I'd rather go to heaven listening to Jesus than go to hell listening to the critics. Shake the dust off of your feet. I know someone hurt you. I know someone offended you. I know that you were done wrong, but it's time to shake it off. It's time to shake it off. Shake the dust off of your feet. He
0: said, if the house is worthy, let your peace stay there. Some of y'all are surrendering your peace to things that are unworthy. You surrender your joy to things that are unworthy. It says, if the house is not worthy, let your peace return to you and shake the dust off your feet. I wonder if we could lift our hands in the sanctuary for just a second. Just set out your voice for just a second. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind the spirit of criticism. I bind the spirit of condemnation that is trying to slip into this house right now. Come on. That's it, somebody. I need you to press. I need you to push for just a second because something is moving and
1: shaking. We're in the middle of revival. You're not going to have revival if you're offended. You're not going to have revival if you're living in condemnation.
0: Lastly... As I close, Paul had to shake off the beast of pride. The Bible says that first they called him a murderer. This, bait, this snake bit this guy. He must be a murderer. Acts 28 and 6 says this. After he shook off the beast, it says, "Howbeit, they looked when he should have swollen. Are fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and they saw no harm come upon them, they changed their minds. And they said, He was a God. (laughs) Y'all, people are crazy sometimes. When they saw, Paul shook off the beast with no harm. They switched their tone from murderer to a god. And Paul heard their words. And he started shaking them off. Because he knew that he was not a god. He was, in fact, a child of the one and only God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, The beast of pride will, des- will destroy the church of the living God unless we are willing to humble ourselves and shake it off of our lives. The same beast that condemned and criticized him would now lift him up with flattery in an attempt to watch him fall. Another voice of destruction, yet through the wisdom of Paul, something began to shake. Could you stand with me all over the sanctuary? As you stand, would you lift up your hands, both your hands for just a second. Come on, would you lift up your voice with me right now in the name of Jesus Christ. There are people under the sound of my voice right now that the devil is trying to tell them that they're not worthy to work for you. The enemy is trying to tell them that what they've done is is too bad. What they've done is so wrong that that spirit of condemnation has got to stay on them. But I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we could shake that off of our spirit, God. I pray that we wouldn't go to hell over a critic. I pray that I wouldn't go to hell over being offended. That I wouldn't give up my peace to something that's not worthy of my time. closing. I'm about to open up this altar. I believe God's going to do something mighty in the house this morning. Does anybody believe that? Is your faith rising in the house right now? When an eagle preys on a snake, he picks it up and he carries it into his territory. He fights in the sky Where the snake is rendered helpless and weak. The snake is not planted and grounded. He's out of his element and his domain. The eagles will always win if they'll take to the sky because he refuses to fight in a snake's element and stoop down to his level. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, this altar is open right now. And here's what I feel in the Holy Ghost today. There are many people in the church today who are losing battles because they're fighting in snake territory. They're fighting at a disadvantage in the spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. I'm looking for a Paul-like faith today that is willing to come fight this battle, not with your flesh, but in the spirit. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. I'm tired of fighting the enemy down here. It's time to take him into my territory. I'm tired of losing battles down here. The
1: Bible says they shall rise up with wings like eagles. I'm tired of the snake getting in my house. I'm tired of things getting in my home. I'm sick of fighting him down here. It's time to take him up to where I'm at. It's time to pick him up to where I'm at. Come on somebody, make your way to this altar right now. And as you come, pick up the snake take them into the sky. Take them into your element. Take them into your territory. You're fighting on my battleground now. You're fighting in my house now. Come on, you ought to fight your battles at the church. You ought to fight your battles with the people of God. You're in my house now. You're in my Come on, I need an intercessor to raise up your wings. Come on, eagles. You can win if you'll pick them up and take them up where you're at.
0: Oh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over you. And when I pray that prayer of faith, I want you to lift up your hands and shout unto God. I don't care what you say today, as long as you shout. And when you shout, baby, Jericho's going to come falling down. The snake's been in your house for a long time. It's time to pick him up and take him where you're at. the name of the lord jesus christ of nazareth i bind the spirit of condemnation i bind the spirit of criticism and i bind the spirit of flattery and of pride
0: i pray that we would realize today that pride has no place in our life
1: i pray that we would realize today that pride has no place in my home and that's me saying that i can't do anything without you jesus I can't go anywhere without you, Jesus. I can't have victory without you, Jesus. I can't be an eagle if I won't depend on Jesus. I can't be an eagle if I won't admit that I need help. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, lift up your hands and lift up your head and shout unto God. Come on, that's it. Something's moving. Something's breaking. I'm picking him up. He's going to my house. i can't live with this snake on me shake it off yes that's it that's it you just broke it you just broke it somebody ought to dance somebody ought to shake somebody ought to move Another minute. I know you got a schedule, but push for another second. Something shaking. I'm shaking this thing. I'm shaking this thing. I'm shaking it until shit falls off of me. I'm not leaving until this falls off into the fire of the presence of the Holy Ghost. God's got a work for you to do. You can't do it with a snake hanging on you god got a plan for your life You can't do it with a snake hanging on you Shake it off God's got a plan for you Jesus Jesus I know you've got a plan Shake it off Come on Paul and Silas Something is shaking People around you Their bands are being loose Something is shaking!